Good morning. It's Froster Buns Friday, and it's seven minutes after the hour. I was just reading a piece about the song, Baby, It's Cold Outside. Brian, if you could dig that up. We'll I can do that, yeah. The Dean Martin version, because that's Dean the Martin one. version. Of yeah, that. of course. That was the good version. Um, there, It may be okay to play it again, believe it or not. Yeah, right. it was like ten years ago that I recall that uh, there was some kind of uh, thing going on to where it was offensive to some folks. Well, the girl was uh, in the song is offering resistance, right. albeit not, you know... It, it, not strong resistance, and uh, the male uh, uh, lyrics. Uh, he keeps trying to convince her to stay, and they and they thought, "Oh, that's just terrible." Um, it's actually a decent song. I don't, I don't think it's the greatest song, but it certainly didn't deserve the attack that it got. Anyway, degrowth. You may not have ever heard of degrowth, but. It's apparently coming on. Uh, piece in the Wall Street Journal, the politicization of science journals that were once highly esteemed is a sad story of our times. Some exasperated readers have even wondered whether they could do without experts entirely. Now along comes a commentary in uh, Nature with this headline, Degrowth Can Work. Here's how science can help. Wait till you hear this. And this is, this is insane. Wealthy countries can create prosperity while using less materials and energy if they abandon economic growth as an objective. Um, reduce less necessary production. This means scaling down destructive sectors such as fossil fuels, mass-produced meat and dairy, fast, uh, fast fashion, advertising, cars, aviation, including private jets. At the same time, there's a need to end the planned obsolescence of products, lengthen their lifespans, and reduce the purchasing power of the rich. This is in the journal Nature? Are you kidding me? You want to talk about economic ignorance? Boy, this is the perfect demonstration of economic ignorance. <laughs> it's insane. And they believe it. And they, they actually think that science supports this. As for the goals of fewer private jets and reduction in purchasing power among the rich, even ecological economists ought to understand that there will be a downside for those who produce what the rich purchase. The authors might consider uh, what happened to shipyard workers when Congress uh, tried to raise the taxes on expensive yachts in 1990. Sales plummeted, and so did the jobs. They began, people began buying yachts in other countries where they weren't being punished with this tax. The, the left want to vilify wealth uh, and, and pretend that wealth is the, the great boogeyman destroying everybody's life. But wealth is it's a pat on the back for people who are creating jobs. Wealth is a good thing. I, I, I don't envy anybody's wealth. 
I've got friends that are way wealthier than me and acquaintances that are wealthier than my friends. And I celebrate that wealth because they're making people wealthy. If you've got a business and you're making a lot of money and you decide, you know, if I buy two more trucks, I can cover more territory. That's adding to your wealth. And that's creating jobs for two new drivers. And that's the way it works everywhere. I want people to be rich. I want them to keep trying to expand. That's how the middle class does better. You know, you create a demand for labor and the price of labor goes up. It's it's a thing of beauty, but in this in this journal nature uh, uh, column, they're talking about destroying what makes, frankly, the middle class the middle class. Speaking of taxes, the nature piece encourages a lot more of them, and no wonder, because the authors envision much bigger government among their suggestions. Improve public services. It's necessary to ensure universal access to high-quality health care, education, housing, transportation, Internet, renewable energy, nutritious food. Universal public services can deliver strong social outcomes without high levels of resources, uh, resource use. Oh, God. These people, this is, <laughs> this is a, in a magazine that people used to hold in high esteem. I, I don't even know where to go. I, I, could, I could go on forever. But I'm just telling you, wealthy people make the world go round. If there weren't wealthy people and people constantly trying to get richer, wealthier, make more money, the middle class wouldn't exist as we know it. Socialism is so stupid. These people make me nuts. I've been in a bad mood here lately. Except for the day before yesterday when I was just totally in the Christmas spirit. All right, let me move on because um, there is this deal that, that John Kerry is running around trying to get everybody engaged in on Wall Street. It's called ESG. Um, and it's literally trying to convince people not to invest in anything that's like fossil fuel. And down in Texas, they were holding hearings on this. And Credit Suisse, uh, BlackRock, and, and several others are buying into this. I will play some testimony. And you're not going to believe what this, what this guy was told. He wanted, uh, he's a multi-billion dollar corporation. He wanted to borrow money from Credit Suisse. You won't believe what they wanted him to do. It, it's it's when I'm telling you it's outrageous, I mean it, it. It really is. You won't believe it. We'll get to that in a few minutes. Uh, right now, uh, John on the middle class. John, welcome. How are you? You know, thank you for talking about the middle class. The middle class has done so much for this country and for the world. I read that if it wasn't for the middle class, we would have never won World War Two. Probably would have never stopped World War One, and nor countless other things. And the middle class right now is just being 
decimated. You can just see it economically. It's just with inflation and there's a lot. This middle class is really getting hurt. Thank you. All right. Thank you, John. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. You know what, Brian? I'm going to go John to John, back to back. John, welcome. How are you? I'm good, Gary. Living and surviving day by day and wondering what in the heck are they thinking. So the first thing we need to do to solve this these uh, bad ideas is we need to completely shut down the public school system. Completely. Okay? Then, because... I mean, if you're sending your kids to school and they're at 23% and they're reading five levels below their actual grade, what's the point? You know what I mean? People are worried about, oh, you got to have schools. Well, make your own schools. If you love your children, you'll teach your children. Second of all, the only way to get out of this situation with these bad ideas is to get rid of the people with the bad ideas. And... I, that's as far as I need to take that. Well, I don't. I'm not, I'm not pushing violence. I'm just saying the only way to get rid of it because they are relentless. They won't stop. They're banned, and obviously the left hates this country and hates everything about it and hates. I mean, they're working on it. They're degrading everything and downgrading and woking. And there's the only way to stop it is to get rid of those ideas and, and whatever that may be is what it needs to be. Well, as far as education in the schools, <laughs> preach it, brother. That's I'm right in your corner. Uh, with regard to those people that, that think somehow socialism is a good idea, I don't think we have to get rid of them, but I wouldn't mind sending them to a socialist country to live for a year or two. So they're they in could, charge. Huh? They're in charge, and they're not going to be out of charge. How are you going to stop them? Well, they you, won't listen to you. They won't They won't with you. They won't debate with you. They label you and do the character assassination. And you, Gary, are one of the problems. Just ask them. <laughs> well, I would love to let them do... I t I've told this story before about the late Ralph Hallow, uh, a columnist of the Washington Times. Uh, and he was a socialist. He was raised with parents who were nearly communists. And he was uh, writing for, I think, the Chicago... Tribune or the Chicago Sun, one or the other, and they said, hey, Nixon is going to all those uh, European countries. Go with him. And so when Nixon took that tour of all those communist countries, Ralph got to see everything that he had been calling for in action. And this, uh, Ralph got back to the airplane, and they had those steps with the red carpet. He got on his knees and kissed the carpet when he was flying back home, and he became a staunch uh, conservative. Changed his mind. I think we should send them all to those kinds of countries and let them live there for a while. That's okay, Gary, but just remember one thing. You and me and Brian and Brandon and all these people, we are on the domestic terrorist list, and they will come after us. Eh, I got nothing to lose at this point. All right, John, thank you for the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Up against the clock. Got to take a quick break. When I come back, ESG. Wait till you hear what Credit Suisse wanted this guy to do before they would give him a loan. It's, it's, it's pathetic. Gary Nolan Zimmer, Radio Network. It is uh, 1022. There is just an all-out war on carbon fuels. 
Well, you got states that are legislating, passing legislation saying you can't buy a, a gasoline-powered car. Uh, we've got uh, people protesting, blocking traffic. Uh, they're letting the air out of tires for SUVs. Uh, these people are absolutely convinced that we have man-made global warming. And we've exposed the nonsense on this program repeatedly, including earlier this week. So one of the tactics they're using is they're trying to literally drive the oil companies out of business, trying to, to deny them the money to explore uh, for oil or to drill for oil. And they're doing this through major investment firms like BlackRock and Credit Suisse and, and others. And what they're using is this ESG. Uh, I'm sure most of you are familiar with it. If you're not, you're going to be in a moment. Uh, but here is uh, what ha they're holding hearings on this down in Texas. And this guy, who apparently had been doing business with Credit Suisse and others for years, raising, I guess, multiple billions of dollars, went to Credit Suisse uh, to get a loan deal. And they were willing to give him the money. But he had to jump through some hoops. Looking at the ESG movement, and these are my examples. So our companies, I have a slide that illustrates this, but our companies over the years have, have raised a lot of capital privately and publicly. And we were doing a capital raise with a, a bank, Credit Suisse, that we've raised over a billion dollars with over, over 15 years or so, probably closer to $2 billion. Uh, they and another bank had invested a lot of time and effort in a potential transaction. And the time came um, where we had moved sufficiently far where they need to go to the investment committee to get approval. The other bank came back that same day and said, we've got approval, thumbs up, let's go forward. Did not hear anything from Credit Suisse for several days. And uh, so finally I called them and he called me back. And he said, Bud, we may not be the right bank for you. And I said, really, why? And he said, and he kind of hesitated, he said, climate change is real and it's not debatable. And I said, really? I said, well, I'm a geophysicist. I know climate change is real. Climate's always changed. It always will. Uh, but science is about debate. And he hemmed and hawed and, and we had a, a, a prolonged discussion. He said, I'll tell you what, maybe there's a misunderstanding. He said, how about if I can get you some bullets to tweet, if you will tweet those out, I think there's a good chance we can go ahead and do this deal. So at that point, I knew there's no way they were gonna, we were going to do the deal. But um, I, I, I said, okay, I'm headed to a basketball game. If you will email those over to me, I'll take a look at them and, and we'll see. And I, to my surprise, he did. He emailed them over that night, and I've got the email. And what they wanted him to do was to tweet um, this, you know, proclaiming man-made global warming. Uh, if he would tweet that, they would give him the money. Uh, it, really? The second example... Um, we uh, it was a, a passive mineral company that that owns mineral interests in in shell plays around the country, and the ESG ratings um, for the S gave solar companies um, uh, based out of China that actually engage in slave labor 
a higher ESG rating than our passive mineral company. Um, and uh, so there's a piece written by Chuck DeVore about this uh, that, that we can provide. <laughs> a company in China using slave labor rates higher than this guy. Uh, and it, it's just, it's insane. They will deny him a loan if he didn't tweet uh, various points praising the green energy agenda. Otherwise, no money. I mean, this is so... It, 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 it's so deeply ingrained in these people that you can't... You can't... You shake it. I mean, they, they can't get past it. They think that the world is coming to an end, that CO2 will will destroy their lives, and every time there's bad weather, they scream it's global warming. It's man-made global warming, anthropogenic global warming. No matter what, that's their, you know, their fallback. It's man-made global warming. We've got to stop this. And you think to yourself, you know, if they would just take a moment to realize what would happen to the world if we quit using fossil fuels. If they would just take a moment to look at the history of global warming or climate change, it would, it would break them of this nonsense. But they won't. They've just been indoctrinated over and over and over again. In your kids' schools, that's what they're telling them. They're telling them the science is settled. It, it, just like when everybody thought the world was flat, the science is settled. Uh, when they thought that the sun revolved around the earth, the science is settled. And it's CO2 causing climate change. The science is settled. That's what they're being taught. And they're afraid. I mean, these people are genuinely afraid. It, and it's idiots like John Kerry and these other morons on the left who are pushing this. And they've been pushing it for 100 years. Whenever there was uh, warming or cooling at the Arctic or the Antarctic, it was, you know, man's uh, climate change and, and we're destroying the environment. And they vacillated back and forth for decades, which one it was, cooling or warming. And then they came up with just plain old climate change. <laughs> Suits the bill. You can't go wrong with that one no matter what happens. All right, it's Frost Your Buns Friday. You can give me at GaryNolan.com, 874-9390, or at 800-529-5572. You can also go to GaryNolan.com, send me a message. It will pop up in studio, uh, and uh, we love to hear from you. Uh, let me tell you, it's in addition to Frost Your Buns Friday, uh, we have uh, several other stories that we're bringing to the table, including Congress passing their one-week stopgap so they can get that omnibus bill through. Yeah, that's coming up, too, on The Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. This is The Gary Nolan Show. So we're talking about uh, these idiots who are just 
absolutely convinced there's man-made global warming and the extent to which they will go based on junk science. Uh, it, 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 it's, it, you know, we, we read this uh, piece in Journal Nature uh, about how we're supposed to give up on, uh, you know, trying to make each other wealthier and, and give our resources to third world countries. It's, it's, it's insanity. We got a piece that we're going to play. We play it during the break uh, about science. We'll do that in just a minute. Let me grab a couple of phone calls. Chris is first. Chris, welcome. How are you? Oh, all right. That piece I just heard on hold was a good piece from Greg Reeves. Yeah, that's brilliant. I love that. Uh, talking about ESG, I just find it interesting in today's world. And, you know, Glenn Beck has been all over ESG for, I don't know, a year or two. How fast it goes from, well, Glenn Beck's just silly and it's a conspiracy theory to here it is and you have to follow the rules, even though it doesn't exist. And it's kind of obvious how this is working when you really see it laid out. It's their new way that, you know, the government won't do what we want to do. So we start infiltrating all these corporations. And the whole idea is that you have this score. And if your score is lower than somebody else's score, they won't do business with you because it'll lower their score. It's kind of like the thing they did to the Chinese people over in China. Exactly. Their social score. Yeah, and it is truly evil. And you're going to basically make people kowtow and say things they don't want to say and invest in things they don't want to invest in. But it's even worse than that, Gary, and I don't know if you're aware of this, and maybe it's for the gun show tomorrow, but for years the CDC had this. Oh, yeah, study, that's, that's for and, a gun show. That's for the gun yeah, show. Yeah, and they, they've wiped it out. Yeah, amazing. And yeah. it's just amazing how this cabal, they just, people send them emails and groups going, you've got to change this and do this, and they just start doing it because, I don't know, we're all chicken and, you know, breaking yeah. through it. But I, it's, yeah. it's bad stuff, and I just hope we can get enough uh, rich conservative billionaires together to start funding these companies and... Uh, you know, go around them in another route, just start, a, start their own financing banking system on the other side to stay away from all that. I don't know what you're going to do. Atlas Shrugs. All right, Chris, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. I wasn't going to bring this up until tomorrow uh, for Gary on Guns, uh, but now Chris has brought it up, and, and so people are probably wondering what this is all about. But it is uh, gun control advocates pressuring the CDC to... Uh, drop studies that that make it difficult for gun control people to make their case I'll, I'll give you the details I didn't I was going to do it tomorrow but I'll give you a brief on it a little later this morning Carol welcome glad to have you on the Gary Nolan show how are you hi Gary okay um, good callers the last couple of callers um, Gary would you agree with me these people are not stupid they have to know what they're doing and they have to know what the consequences are going to be. It's going to be a lot of dead people who can't afford to live in a world like they would like it to be. They have to know, and I think just climate change and all that nonsense is the means to an end. Um, the elimination of the middle class and their rule in perpetuity. Um, we we have got to start turning the tables on them, Gary. We really do. Um, have to stop doing business with people who who prescribe an ESG score. Who uh, the, the nonsense you had last last hour with the lady or the the people who are trying to pacify or trying to tone down what a, a pedophile is. We have got to turn the tables and start being more proactive, stop doing business with them. 
you know, I'm, I'm tired of being the victim in this in their quest for world domination, which is what it seems like it is. And I'm, I'm tired of being just, you know, letting it happen to us. We have got to turn the tables, expose them, and come at them head on. You know, damn the torpedo, you know, full speed ahead. Well, I, mean, I try. Tired of it. I am I... tired of it. They tell you what they're going to do in their own words. So if you've got somebody who doesn't believe what you're saying, that you're a conspiracy theorist, go out and do the research and show them their own words because they are not shy about it. They will tell you what they want, what their end goal is. And, you know, it's hard to argue with their own words. So it's I'm sure the callers, they're frustrated just as much as I am. They're seeing what's going on. These people are not stupid. They have to know what the consequences, unintended or intended, are going to be in their little green nirvana. It's well, going to be... The, so socialist, the socialist leaders of this movement, they know exactly what's going on. They, they have planned this, and they, they know what you and I both know. But the rest of society, they're just followers. Uh, they've been indoctrinated. They've been indoctrinated since grade school, and it never stops. And they do believe that global warming will somehow destroy the world. Um, and, and, you know, Barry, I, I'm, I'm waiting for, and I know it's going to happen, and I, I don't want it to, but I know that this is going to be another step. You're going to be a, going to be seeing a bunch of people who are going to commit suicide or um, say that that would be a good thing in order to save the planet, that they're martyrs for the planet. I'm, I'm surprised that we haven't seen it yet. This may not be on that same level in Canada. You probably know this. They're allowing assisted suicide. In fact, in fact, they're kind of getting involved and having people who are they're having financial woes or they have physical, you know, issues to deal with. And they're kind of prompting them, well, maybe it would be better if you just committed suicide. And they're going to use a lot, you know, well, I don't know. I don't know did, about having I don't know about having somebody uh, encouraging that. Uh, but if somebody wants to do it, I don't think it's my job or the government's job anyway. It's maybe my job to counsel them to try and talk them out of it. But I don't think it's the government's job to be involved in it at all. Well, uh, I've seen how far that some of these climate climate yeah. people will go, and I really I think that that's where it's going to go. They're they're going to say we're doing that we're going to commit suicide for the climate in order to save the planet. It, they want they want the United States and they want the world to be China. That's their end game, I think. Green on you the know, outside, Carol. Red on the inside. Yeah. Got to run. Carol, thank you for the call. Bye. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Let's play that audio, Brian. All right, we can about, do that. About uh, science. I'm an astrophysicist at a major university. Science is my life. But when I hear somebody somberly intone, science says, or follow the science, I get very nervous. Science doesn't belong to any ideology. Science is the never-ending search for new knowledge. That's what science means in Latin, by the way. Knowledge. Not wisdom, not morality, not social policy. Knowledge. What we do with that knowledge is where wisdom, morality, and social policy enter the picture. 
Knowledge, it turns out, isn't so easy to come by. And sometimes what we think we know for certain, the Earth sure does look flat when we're standing on it, turns out not to be so certain. Of course I trust in basic scientific truths, those things for which there is overwhelming evidence, like, say, gravity, even that humans play a role in the warming of the planet. But scientists, even the best ones, can get things wrong. The brilliant astrophysicist Sir Fred Hoyle believed the universe existed in a steady state forever and had no beginning. But his view, once held sacrosanct by all astrophysicists, no longer holds. It's been superseded by the Big Bang theory that the universe had a beginning and is still expanding. In the 20th century, some of the most respected scientists in the world, including Nobel Prize winners, believed in eugenics, the reprehensible idea that the human race could be improved by selective breeding. The National Academy of Sciences, the American Medical Association, and the Rockefeller Foundation supported it. By the middle of the century, it had been thoroughly rejected as quackery. No reputable scientist would have anything to do with this idea. So, we all need to get over this notion that just because someone, be it a politician, a bureaucrat, or even a scientist, employs the phrase, science says, means whatever they're saying is right. It might be right, but it might also be wrong. And if it's wrong, it won't necessarily be a bunch of scientists who say it's wrong. It might be one guy. Ask Einstein. 100 scientists wrote a book explaining why his theory of relativity was wrong. He quipped, if I were wrong, then one would have been enough. It takes a lot to convince scientists to accept a new theory, especially if that new theory refutes what they had always believed. In some cases, what they'd stake their entire careers on. As Richard Feynman, one of the most eminent physicists of the 20th century famously said, science is the belief in the ignorance of experts. What Feynman is saying is that a good scientist should always maintain a healthy amount of skepticism. Science is by its nature provisional. Science would stagnate if we merely accepted proclamations of past authorities. So how do we do good science? This is not a new question. Since the 17th century, scientists have employed the so-called scientific method to guide their work. It's not a perfect guide by any means, but it's pretty darn good. The method involves, one, formulating a theory. Two, predicting the evidence that should be found if the theory is true. Three, collecting data. Four, analyzing the data. Five, refining the theory and presenting evidence to other experts. The philosopher Karl Popper added one more item to this list. Popper said a subject is scientific if and only if it can be falsified. In other words, if your theory can't be tested, if it can't be proven wrong, it's probably not good science. This is just one reason why we have to be very careful about putting too much faith in models. They often can't be tested. Models are predictions of the future based on current data. They can easily get things wrong. First of all, the future, in case you hadn't noticed, is very hard to predict. And the further out you go into the future, the less secure the prediction. Second, the data may be incomplete or even erroneous. It's human nature to want definitive answers, but science can't always offer those. Furthermore, science is not concerned with fashion, authority, or majority opinion. Case closed is not a scientific expression. Science is never closed. If it was closed after Newton, you'd never have Einstein. Science has to be, first and always, about pursuing knowledge, not about advancing a social agenda no matter how noble it might be. Science has no political party. Of course, politicians should use the best available science to help them make informed decisions. But remember, 
scientific knowledge is not the same as wisdom. As the saying goes, knowledge is knowing a tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is knowing not to put it in a fruit salad. So let's continue to look to science for knowledge, knowledge we can use to improve the world. But let's not fool ourselves that science has all the answers to all our problems. It doesn't. That's one bit of wisdom this scientist can give you. I'm Brian Keating, professor of physics at the University of California, San Diego, and author of Losing the Nobel Prize for Prager University. Yeah, that's the piece on science that we were talking about, and that it really kind of fits together with what we were uh, discussing earlier. Am I up against the clock here, Brian? I'm, yeah, all right, uh, quick break. We'll be back. Uh, we'll talk about the CDC. Uh, we'll talk about ESG, a great uh, message from Eric about the National Recovery Administration. All that and more on The Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. It is uh, 10.53. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. Um, is is that uh, Andy The Andy that's on the line, Brian? That's on the on the phone line? Um, oh, boy. All right. I'll, I'll, I'm it, sorry. What were you saying now? Uh, on the, phone? the Andy in, uh, in Springfield, is that the same Andy? Correct. That, yeah. He's looking to see if you received his okay. email for the CC's dinner. And I, I was checking. I did get his email, uh, but I don't know when. And somehow I didn't even respond to it. And I tried to respond to all of them. Right. So, Andy, I apologize. Uh, let, here, let me just bring him on. Andy, I apologize. I try to respond uh, to everybody who sends a message, uh, okay. where are you? Are you in Springfield? Yeah, I am. And you're going to drive all the way to Columbia for this dinner? Sure, I heard it's really good. <laughs> I'm going to make sure you get a, uh, you get uh, two seats. There's this guy, uh, Kevin. I think his name is. It was pretty good. So I don't know if I'll check it out. All right, uh, I will <laughs> see to it. See you on Sunday, 12 noon, CC City Broiler. Sounds you know where it's at on Forum Boulevard. No, but I'll find it. All right. I'll, I'll make sure that you get in. I appreciate it, sir. All right, Andy. Thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. He's going to drive all the way from Springfield uh, to break bread with us. I'm going to find you. Even if I have to sit at the bar to, to eat, I will get him in. <clears throat> and we got a great speaker. Uh, I think you're going to be impressed. Uh, let me get to the phones here. Tim, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. How are you? Hey, good morning, Gary. Hey, with regard to the global warming conversation, yeah, I'm curious as to why the state governments, the county governments, the local governments, city governments, up and down each coast, they continue to approve the construction of these high-rise buildings, apartment buildings, uh, commercial buildings. The banks loan the money to have them constructed. The insurance companies insure these projects. Investors like BlackRock invest in them, and all these are supposed to be the believers in global warming, but they're the rich people that own the residential property up and down each of these coasts. And um, I laugh because I look at the number of yachts in the marinas. Every year they increase up and down both coasts, and it's like, number one, all this money could be spent on reparations. And number two, if these people continue to approve all this stuff, they couldn't possibly actually believe it. <laughs> Money could be spent on reparations. Oh, well, they're, spending, they're spending billions of dollars on that light rail up and down California's coast, and California's talking about reparations. And it's like the light rail isn't even going to be operational 
That's billions of dollars that could be spent on the reparations that they're proposing. Uh, let's just not let them spend the billions of dollars, period. Let's leave That's it tongue in cheek, Gary. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> my point is about all the money being spent and everybody's moving to the coast and all the rich people are in Malibu and they're yachts, yet they're lecturing us on what we need to do, cut back on because we're causing global warming. So yeah. when, they, when the government start appro quit approving all these projects, building on these coasts and all that, and that'll tell me that they're true believers. Would that mean that Gore would have to sell his big mansion and uh, all the uh, you know, uh, all the other John Kerry would have to give up his no, private jet? No, no, no. They could turn those into drug injection sites where they hand out <laughs> the free drug paraphernalia. Yeah, they'd have to move out, huh? All right, Tim, thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Uh, that's funny. All right, listen, uh, Chris called earlier in the program and brought this up, and I, I was going to do this uh, tomorrow morning, but apparently the uh, CDC had some data up there on gun use. And here's the thing. You can use a firearm without actually pulling the trigger to protect yourself. Most often, if you pull your gun on the bad guy, the bad guy will run away. You don't even have to squeeze off around. You just, uh, you got to be prepared to, but this happens a lot. Every year, this happens in huge numbers. And the CDC had a study up. Uh, in fact, the government actually did a study, too, that came up with the same conclusion. And that is that literally um, somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, two and a half million times a year, somebody will brandish a firearm to protect themselves, to stop the bad guy. Two and a half million times a year. Well, the anti-gunners didn't like the CDC putting that study up. And they sent them a message and said, get rid of it. We don't want this study out there. This makes it harder for us to push our you know, our point of view. Remember, they're sticking the fingers in the ears and going, nah, 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 nah. we don't want you to hear. So what did the CDC do? I'll tell you in a minute on the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show 